Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes! Oh! Okay, today on our show, clocking in at 86 minutes, we're talking about 2007-slash-2009's Paranormal Activity, directed by Oren Pelly. Pelly, maybe. I don't know. Written and directed. Pelly. Written and directed. Um, yeah, I guess, the. I mean, according to the ever-reliable trivia, uh, it was released in 2007 in, like, a festival or two, or, like, a small release, and then wide release in 2009. I don't know right. if that's accurate. According you know to the why? IMDb main page, it says 2007. So, you know why? Because they had an initial release and then they were scooped up uh, by Paramount, and then, if I'm not mistaken, and they reshot the ending. They gave a new ending, and it cost over two hundred thousand dollars just to do that stupid effect at the end. That I feel like you could just do for nothing on After Effects now, if you just if you, <laughs> any editor worth their salt or artist uh, in the visual effects arena. Um, I was talking to Jared before this one, and uh, I saw this in the theater. Oddly enough, whatever weekend this came out is the same weekend of one of our sketch shows. And um, I went, I was with a hubris with my schedule. I decided to do a double date with my girlfriend at the time and her sister and who is she was seeing. And there's a lot of buzz around this movie, like like Blair Witch buzz, like mm-hmm. not since 99. Did we right, have like- something like a decade, a decade passed, and here we are with the next big, uh, real thing, quote unquote. I was really amped, and so was everybody. And and the difference is, and this is one of the first times I was, uh, I was talking to my wife uh, about. Uh, my I'm, yeah, I'm giving you until your anniversary, and then I'm gonna be like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, weird. I was talking about the disconnect that I felt after seeing this because this was one of the first times that I felt that I did not connect with the mass audience or the majority about uh, the hype. And I felt, and when we, as we were saying earlier with uh, Katie, it was it's almost like an existential dread. You feel like an old man shaking your fist at the clouds to a certain degree. Like, wait, what? Uh, you try to figure out what doesn't connect with you and. It, it just becomes a mess. I had that a little bit with Get Out, but then I, I formed a real real appreciation for that recently, that and us. Um, but anyway, this movie I hated. So I go I go see the movie, and right after the movie, head full of steam, I go, and I'm like, I'm running late because it's Chicago. And I think we're, you guys are waiting backstage for me. And I get back there, and I'm like, I just saw the worst fucking movie. It was just fucking terrible. And they're like, dude, like, okay, Dan, we're we're going on in like ten minutes. Like, you <laughs> know, like, chill out. And uh, I think it ruined my, like, it kind of hindered my performance that night because I was in a couple of those sketches. <laughs> in 2007, so this was probably what, uh, uh, maybe the first uh, Halloween. Like uh, each if, show if, that if we this, did. Yeah, if this came out around Halloween, then. Then, well, yeah, what, I would what, say... Well, I don't know if it did come out around Halloween. Let's see if I can find the I actual... I would say so. Well, let's uh, see. Release date. I got the, the wiki here. Look, uh, October 14th at ScreenFest, September 25th, 2009 in uh, the United States. September 2009. Well, October 2009. <clears throat> Fuck, I feel like that was uh, the Maryland's Dress Show. It might have been whatever. I just remember going, showing up at Gorilla Tango Theater in Chicago off of Damon and, and head full of steam about to go on like uh, priorities, Dan, like <laughs> so invested in hating this movie. But as we talked earlier, uh, you thought differently. Well, I my first experience with this movie was like a couple years ago. Like I did not watch. I have never seen a paranormal activity movie prior to 
you know, a couple years ago when my wife and I incorporated it into one of our Halloween 13 nights of Halloween movies that we've done on and off for the last you know decade. You guys, uh, uh, you guys host that with Joe Bob Briggs, right? Every uh, year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> on a whole, shutter. It's a whole to do. Um, the setup Sorry. is like really expensive. And I just annoying. love, I love your, your branding, even in your personal life. Well, this is our 13 nights of Halloween. Right? Yeah, 25 days of Christmas, 13 nights of Halloween. Anyway, I'm sorry. Please continue. Um, uh, one time I was like, we could do 14 nights of rom-coms. And then she was just Ooh. like, no, I don't want to. I do like it. Aw. You, like you, you guys can go ahead. Maybe and... we will. Because we like watching like Julia Roberts movies. Like half to make fun of, half because we're like – like Jason Siegel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when he watches Chocolat or, or uh, so I stupid. Love You Man. See a stupid movie. I always reference that whenever I have uh, those kind of tears. So you chose that for your Halloween uh, 13 nights. Yeah, one of those years. And uh, um, yeah, I was like, okay, I, I get why it worked. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a guy who avoids the hype trains. Uh, mm-hmm. If, you know, with the ex- with certain exceptions of like, Look, I'm an American, so I'm going to be, you know, like, I'm going to show up for Star Wars. I'm going to show up for Marvel. I'm a U.S. citizen. That's my job. Um, <laughs> it's your right as an American to see right. MCU movies. But other things, if it's not something that was like had already won me over or like somebody who's already won me over completely, then I I avoid any type of major thing that everybody's getting excited about because i'm just like most people are wrong when they're all like <laughs> collectively saying the exact same thing and when, this, when too many people agree on the same thing it's like this is this is dangerous you see this taylor swift concert like those crowds outside of the concert jesus christ so, like some people like, too many people <laughs> liking the same thing <laughs> um yeah, i was gonna say as our audience could probably attest the diehards even when I recommend something to you, it can be hard to get through because just our tastes are differently. Sometimes I have to make a case for why something is good to you, and you have to do the same for me. Why? Why? Here's why you would like it. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Like here's so, my pitch. You like this uh, this movie upon first uh, viewing? I I didn't dislike it. I didn't I didn't have any negative opinion of it. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, that's. Like, all right, that's I, I, if that's the ending, fine. But uh, I do remember, like, the biggest criticism I have is just like this is an example of like when occasionally improvised dialogue just doesn't work. <laughs> you know, like yep. there's some moments in this where I'm just like, well, that's not a natural response that anyone would have, and like, oh, there's a lot of exposition in what you're saying here right now. That's I I, I don't. Uh, expose that much when i'm uh talking to my wife what did you your wife what did you think of uh mika not micah but mika and not neve shulman that thank you because he looks quite a bit like neve shulman from catfish listen to our episode on catfish and even just like certain not the whole way but just certain way that he just kind of sits and like carries himself it's almost like he's doing a neve shulman yeah <laughs> this this Mika guy um and then katie featherston and then katie featherston who uh, apparently is in a, a lot of these fucking movies she is this franchise apparently i watched a recap of this whole series because i tuned out after three which is apparently one of the best kind of like the nightmare on elm streets uh um but yeah she she is kind of she's a focal point of this series if you want i could break it down or you could just listeners you know go to youtube uh you'll you'll see the whole recap but it's interesting they have a whole lore and it's it's built around her and her sister mm-hmm. uh in this yeah universe. i did a, i did a little bit of a, a franchise you know overview mm-hmm. uh w- you know and uh i was like oh this is and then there's certain parts where I'm like oh they really went that far to explain that much like do, we, do you need it oh the the the, the demon's got a name look at that <laughs> uh, you talking about was it toby something yeah the imaginary friend that happens in three and also uh like five i think but um, yeah, I'm not as familiar with these. I'm quite familiar with this one. Like I said, saw it in the theater. Um, dated got super steamed. It got super steamed. Dated girls who tried to convince me. One one in particular, 
I remember um, I dated a girl for a couple months. She tried really hard to get me into three. She made a case for three. I was like, all right, I'll watch three with you. And it does have its moments. There are some creative moments. But really, when it comes down to it, I like the idea of the lore and this franchise as a whole than than the actual execution of this. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, you know, there are certain <clears throat> there's certain times where I'm just like, you, you shouldn't be grabbing the camera now. You, you shouldn't. Yeah. You just shouldn't. That's not that's, something that's necessary. But you're doing it. Here you go. Oh, yeah. Turn around. Grab that camera. The cross to bear, so to speak, is is the camera, the camcorder when it comes to these found footage movies. I just have to keep shooting. I just but, have to. Uh, <laughs> this is important. I'll, I'll jokingly say this is one of my favorite hangout movies. I love dazed and confused, and I love paranormal, <laughs> paranormal activity. Because they're just fucking saw. doing. Here's why my head was so full of steam, like a tea kettle, like a cartoon, is because nothing really happens in this movie. And in the climax of this movie, that happens at the very last shot, doesn't really do it for me. The one that they spent, ha ha ha, I laugh internally, two hundred thousand fucking dollars to make, where she just tosses Neve into the camera. Absolutely insane. <laughs> Like, did you guys just spend it all on cocaine and hookers and then you just like did like a two thousand dollar VFX package? Like, I'm sure you can just like comp him on a green screen, just pulling him forward into the foreground so that he's growing into the foreground. And then, you know, just comp him into the shot with the camera and then just like have some stagehand under the camera wobble the the tripod until it just knocks over. You know, it's look. They did a fucking house dropping on uh, a witch in 1938 or 39. So, like, this is is simple. This is simple shit. You film it and reverse the footage. It's as simple as that. Listen to me, you fucking cocksuckers. In the early 1900s, they made a train look like it was fucking coming right at us in the television. Families got scared. Okay. So I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry for the language, everybody. Listen to you. You fucking cocksucker. We're almost, the show's almost done, guys. But you know what? Just like Paranormal Activity, they say that it was over in like 2000, like seven years ago. The, the sixth or seventh one came out. They said it was the end. I think they made one or two more after that. So they never say never. To just, these goddamn things. I never say never to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are likely to come back when they keep saying, this is the last one. This is the last one. And then they're just like, oh, shit. No, we came up with another story. Just like Kiss and just like probably not Aerosmith due to Steven Tyler's recent legal troubles. <laughs> like Most, this. This is uh, this could this be. Is I mean, it. And, and your age. You, you, that, those two things maybe don't go out anymore. Oh, it's really good, Jerry. Have you seen, you probably didn't, but there's a YouTube ad for the Aerosmith, like one last tour, like tour that they're doing. And it's like a bunch of like celebrity cameos, like they they filmed remotely, like Dolly Parton and like front of a green screen, like it's happening. And someone else is like, it's really happening. It's happening. And then it shows, it cuts to um, Steven Tyler goes, it's really happening. And if you think that we're going to do it again, dream on. But here's the thing. I wish it ended with, listen, guys, I don't have a lot of time, legally speaking. (laughs) I got to do this tour. Joe keeps breathing down my neck. So here we go. (laughs) Dream on. Dream on. Yeah. Um. Should we get into it? Yeah, I guess we should. All right. Paranormal activity. Very little. Uh, like you said, it's it's it's, a, it's an easy movie to summarize because it's just mm-hmm. very little happening. Do you want to kick it off here? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got Mika, not Micah, but Mika, who is a day trader, which is like douchey enough. Like, <laughs> need That's, I say they, more? They had to do something to explain why he's got a fucking like the two of them cannot afford this house. Yeah, she's apparently at least a student. Like, maybe she's got some part time job or something. But like, there's no explanation for why the, these young fucks have this size house <laughs> with three bedrooms, like two guest bedrooms. Like, it's bullshit. What the fuck? 
I remember even seeing this for the first time in the theater going like, this house feels very fresh and not lived in at all. I feel like this is for sale. And the filmmakers are like, well, it's for sale before you like do like showings. Can we film like a movie here? I was going to say, like, I wonder if this was like, like, that would be a great part of the lore of this movie if it was shot like covertly in a like model home (laughs) i would i would actually respect this movie a hell of a lot more if they did that like gorilla style making a movie breaking into a house to do it um but uh this nice house and it's in san diego california it's the year 2006 so this is a, a slight period piece right a few years later well if the movie came out in 2007 then it would have been like more present day but because of this you know, kerfuffle with yeah. the release of the ending and whatnot and also like it just helps to make the movie a little bit more believable if the events happened a few years ago and it took until now to get the movie compiled and all that shit you know like sure of the fiction of it i'm gonna go with period piece period piece <laughs> it's a period in piece 2006 we were all clamoring for davy jones and uh uh fucking uh i graduated high school I was 18 years old, looking life straight down the barrel, so to speak, and and thinking, I can do this. And little did I know, man, it was gonna, it was gonna fuck me. It was gonna chew me up. It was gonna Listen, spit me out. You cocksuckers! <laughs> life, life <laughs> fuck you. It, it will fuck you. Spit it in your eye. Chew you a pee down your throat and kick you in the balls. I thought you said hickey on the balls. Yes. They'll give you a hickey on your balls. Yeah, they, that's not going to feel life, good. Life will suck on your balls, guys, and leave a hickey. Yeah, and I don't know who these guys are who are, like, wanting... <laughs> no, 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 finish the thought. <laughs> I was going to say, I, uh, I, I don't know who these guys are who are, like, like desiring ball play of that nature. Yeah. But, but it ain't for me, no, baby. No, no. Life does that, though. It's like without consent says it slaps your hand away when you try to, like, push it down and it just keeps giving you that hickey. Yep. You're like, That's it's, the thing. It's just like, ah, oh, and you can't pull it out because it's tender and it, it'll hurt. <laughs> anyway, Paranormal activity. 2006, San Diego, California. My, Mika, sorry, I want to say Micah. Uh, he buys a, a video camera. One of those video cameras, digital, because it's yeah. 2006, you know? Yeah, this movie it, it, looks like shit. But like that's that's part of like like it has to look like shit. <laughs> um, and the reason one of the the main reasons like the the primary reason he got this camera is because he wants to capture wait for it paranormal activity mm. on the camera. Yeah, paranormal himself. He he he's like I'm gonna capture paranormal activity visiting us in the middle of the night. Not paranormal with the no. kid. No, not no, him. That's stupid kids bullshit. I'm talking about no. the paranormal activity, the entity. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to, you know, you know, don't breathe. The titular don't breathe and yeah. don't breathe. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Except so he he played don't breathe, right? <laughs> this is the actor who played don't breathe. Stephen Lang was don't breathe yeah. in that movie. Oh, OK. Yeah. And don't breathe, too. Uh, that was where there's two of them. Right. Don't breathe. So, colon, you neither. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, quit your breathing. Yeah. Number four, what did the, I say? The breathing. <laughs> <laughs> breathing done, you know. All right. Uh, he wants to capture some paranormal activity, the character. And the project, it's going to last him ultimately three weeks. So he attempts to communicate with the entity. And the reason he does this is because Katie, his girlfriend, man, his fucking, you're my fucking girlfriend. I'm going to pr- fucking protect you in this fucking house. Um, does he say F-bombs a lot to you? No, not not until the no. very end. Like, yeah. the, the, the F-bombs gradually increase with the, uh, with, with the terror. <laughs> so he's, he, um, his girlfriend, Katie... Uh, has apparently she's always had this um, thing about her where she feels like she's been followed by this uh, ghostly entity. 
that's uh, as a kid was at her her bed the foot of her bed and uh, uh there was a burnt house in her history also perhaps she set her house on fire like she's got a past with demons with demons she's there were demons in her life <laughs> to quote bill paxton in frailty um so she there's a negative energy that's constantly following her wherever she goes right one of the first people they talk to and you see this in the, the footage is uh dr friedrichs mm-hmm. and um he recommends the two like he, he you know he says a couple of things but he just kind of passes them off to another guy a dr abrams yeah this is like <laughs> you know like what what a fucking con artist this man feels like yeah you know, it's just like well it's gonna cost three hundred dollars for my consultation but like i can't help you you know like i don't think yeah. he's, i don't know if he's charging him or not but like it's just it, it is are you talking about the demonologist who comes later yeah yeah well, no he, he doesn't come later well it's he comes in guy. like oh is it the same guy yeah because they were they try to call the the demonologist and then the demonologist is not there he's not in town or something like that oh they call it anyway we can let, let's hit a couple of these beats so it's like day yeah. one the only thing that really happens is like we hear this whirring noise in the middle mm-hmm. of the night you know everything seems to happen around the 2 30 to 4 a.m time you know when everybody hour. would be dead asleep Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're like me, where you're just waking up for the first time around 2:30, and then you have to go back to bed like an hour later. You gotta feed the kids. Yeah, yeah, they're just, they're just like, <laughs> I don't that, know how kids work. They're hungry, you know. You got a five and a three year old, right? You have to feed them at like four <laughs> in the morning, right? Wake them up and be like, here, you have your, <laughs> you have your burger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, you gotta eat. It's four o'clock. You gotta eat. <laughs> eat your apple slices. You drink, drink your soda. Shut up. Just eat your graham cracker. Go back to bed, okay? <laughs> you're, <laughs> look, you're dragging this out, man. <laughs> why? Why do I have to eat at four in the morning, Dad? It's, look, when else is it gonna happen? <laughs> come on, come on. Stop wasting time. <laughs> just, I don't even give him an explanation. <laughs> That's weird. Just quiet. Come on, eat it. <laughs> just keep going. It's got, so they stay regular. You gotta stay regular. You know? Stay regular. Uh, <laughs> the Shining? Yeah. Gotta stay regular. Uh, so, Jerry, you were saying um, that uh, at four in the morning or so, that this is when the paranormal activity happens. Yeah, all of, the, all of that activity until the, until the movie really ramps up is happening at, at like around 2.30, 3.30 in the morning a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes so it happens, goes on for a while. Can you can you trace the act, the activity uh, like by like a gradual progression? Yeah, I didn't take notes and I should have. But uh, so here's my memory because I just watched it again last night. So it's only my second viewing of seeing it. So like the first night is just the uh, the whirring noise. Mm-hmm. Um, the and then I think the next day, Mika's listening to the audio and hears something more like a like a growling noise like something that's he right. hears some type of noise that's not just the whirring noise it's something else footsteps loud thuds growls yeah yeah um i and then like the the that guy the the, the who comes to visit them who, who specializes Dr. in ghosts specifically Dr. abrams abrams so he he comes like on night three and it's like it goes from night one to night three like for a little bit it's like every other night that's happening and like or a couple days pass so it's not happening every night at the beginning Mm -hmm. he comes by and he you know he he's he at one point mentions that he specializes predominantly in ghosts uh, and uh like those types of things but he believes that there's a demon present in the house right um mika is being a total douchebag like a dick to him (laughs) and like ribbing him and like acting like he's full of shit and uh understandably i guess but maybe be a little bit kinder when your girlfriend has explained that this is something that's going on in your whole life and she just wants to talk to somebody and he's just like whatever that's lame it's weird yeah so no i i didn't really think it was a problem man it could have been just me could have been just me talking to you in the middle of the night you know and anyway, so and, and like I like the guy's reaction to him too. He's just like he, at one point he just kind of like gives him a look like you're gonna be a little dick to me, like. <laughs> and then it, it, and um, oh, what's the line? 
he's just like, do you like, uh, you know, he explains to him, he's just like, do not um, invite the presence. Like, don't try to communicate with it. Cause then it means with the Ouija just, board. Yeah. yeah Cause th- then that the demon is going to interpret that as you want to communicate with it and you want yeah. its presence there. Exactly. Um, and he's just like, so, do you understand me? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I hope so. And then he came back and <laughs> yeah, like, like seriously, it's just such a fuck. like. It's funny because like on one level it's like uh, just a funny character moment, but on another like level, as somebody who's we've made a few of these types of movies, these improvised dialogue movies. Sure. Um, it, it's you can see the actor just has a bit of like. Oh, I'm glad that we had this moment. <laughs> like he's just like you know where they're like he's he's he lights up just slightly yeah. at the idea of just like. This is gonna be. This is good. This is snappy dialogue that we're yeah, that yeah. we're ooh, we're in the pocket now. That's how he's feeling right now, and it's just. <laughs> it's funny you notice that because, like, as a maker of a found footage movie, I definitely had moments like that where I was like, "Ooh, this is this is good tense dialogue we're having that we're we're making yeah. up here on the ooh, spot." Ooh, yeah, you know? no non-directed uh, dialogue <laughs> that it's just. It's not a mark on you. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, you know, that when we naturally no, get to the lightning in the bottle that you're looking for as a filmmaker, it's just funny to acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, my favorite is when the, the guy shows up and he's just like, no, I can't help. Like, like, yeah. Like, so that's him again. They call him yeah. back after a certain point, it gets too bad. And then they try to call the demonologist that he recommends. And he's just like, it's mad i'm here it doesn't we're, even want me here yeah we're jumping way ahead and that's fine i know like, i know I don't care. sorry because like this is a movie where like you talk more about about the movie than the you know it's it's an exercise i'll say this is an exercise intention seeing it for the first time i can put myself in that mindset and thinking like oh man like this is i was kind of i was on board with blair witch even i watched it twice and even the second time i was like with people who hadn't seen it before really excited and so i felt that same uh, feeling of tension that anything could happen especially when he goes down the stairs later in the like the midpoint and you see the uh the chandelier or the, the swing yeah. Yeah, and I thought at any moment, and I don't care if it's a CG creature, as long as it's done okay. I want to see something crawl on the ceiling right past him. Right. Something like that is going to make me my my skin crawl, and it didn't happen. I was like, okay, that's fine. Something else is going to happen, and I just kept feeling that this whole movie until the end. Right. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> the the next uh, the sequence of paranormal activity, just again trying to trace that. Mm-hmm. Um, they call in that that guy. And then I think the next thing that happens is the door moves by itself. Like right. they're in the middle of the night, the door kind of closes halfway and then opens again. Yeah. Sim- simple little thing like that. Then it ramps up when like they're laying in bed and, and now I don't know if these two are really date like actual, an actual couple in real life, or if they're just mm. two actors playing a couple, but this is improvised dialogue and he is all, like it, it, there's a lot of him like trying to like get her to have sex with him on camera and i'm just like how much of that is directed to you by the director or in the story and how much of it is like i get it like once or two, like you can maybe do it once because like that's a natural thing like some idiot dude would do like hey i got a camera and then i was like what do you think should we do a little that thing? is uh as as someone who, who who did that in one of the scenes in his found footage movie, as a, that is definitely a way to get that diegetic camera in that scene. Is the pervy shitty boyfriend setting it up to have you know to make a sex tape? Definitely. Yeah. yeah so, that's how you that's how you get it at least in the room. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there, there's just there's a lot of that that like that's a lot of what's happening is like them talking about the stuff and she's just like, well, I don't I don't want it to happen. And he's just like, you want to have sex? And she's like, <laughs> not with that camera. And like, you know, she's just not going to give anything. Yeah. She's not going to be playful for the camera. Um, you know, when you there's I, no like playful flashing of the camera. Not that right. I think it's necessary to have that. I'm just saying like she's very much closed off by the presence of this camera. And as you say this, Jerry, it makes me wonder just how much they fleshed out the story and everything. It, it, I don't think at all. I think they just were planning to make this one movie and that's it. And then later they fleshed her out, which is interesting because she kind of 
well, I don't know. Like, she does have the backstory in this, right? She's a little girl. She's ha- always been haunted by this entity. And therefore, in her performance, she can always have that kind of um, distance, uh, uh, haunted uh, sort of performance about her. And, of course, it would be pretty logical that she wouldn't want to be touched. She's not the touchy-feely kind of. She's got PTSD from childhood. As we yeah. find out, uh, she, her aunt's coven of witches uh, killed her parents and took her and her sister, I think, in the third one. Oh, that's where we go in this. Well, Spoilers. Spoilers yeah. for if you've just joining for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I have no desire to watch any other these, of these unless it's uh, required of me. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, the the door thing, and then the, after that, she uh, she stands up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and the time moves, and it's like I don't know how long she's actually standing there, like in the fast forward, because like when you pace it with the timestamp that's moving versus the speed at which the guy in the bed is actually like just tossing around, <laughs> it's like it's she's standing well for a few, a few minutes. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Um. But, you know, what what passes is like about an hour at least of her mm-hmm. just standing and then just crawling back into bed. And yeah, um, did that work for you? No, that's not working for me yet. OK, um, but what does, is, what's working for you? Well, it starts to work for me when it's like, OK, you get the, the Blair Witch stuff, like the loud noises, mm-hmm. uh, the thuds and stuff like the chandelier, like you said, like kind of moving. And you're like, what the fuck is that all about? Um the the presence of uh like when her keys are just moved into the middle of the floor like i'm just That's little an shit early one yeah little shit like that where i'm just like okay like those kinds of things i can i can see if you want to buy into the hype of this movie now again a big problem with <clears throat> unlike blair witch project with um the the way that this movie plays out is just that they do not feel as authentic as the Blair Witch cast does, like though, like they, like the movie is yeah. fairly believable because they were being couple, fucked with in with real couple, life. Yeah, but like the characters are just like they feel like that's why I don't think that these two actors are probably a couple in real life because like mm-hmm. they don't have the chemistry of a real couple. Yeah, um, I'm not even buying the anger and the frustration and that, like watching Blair Witch now, and I, I think I even said this on the podcast. I'm kind of turned on it because it really is just like kind of three people like arguing with laden with a million f-bombs at each other about losing the map and then some freaky shit happens in the end um but i don't know i I mean that time it was pretty revolutionary so for sure and again like they they are more believable characters despite that stupid idea of somebody throwing away the map out of anger yeah fucking mike what did you do mike why did you do that (laughs) You deserve um, all the F-bombs. But yeah, so there's there's a little bit of a disconnect watching this because they do feel more like actors doing uh, doing, yeah. doing a thing as opposed to like two real characters. Um, even the even the Abrams, you know, kind of feels a little inauthentic. Yeah, there's it's, just you know, a it's la- low budget. Yeah, you know, um, I, I actually, you know, this is. Uh, Something past guests, Mike and I used to fought. We used to kind of we crushed on Katie Featherston. What do you think of uh, as like in terms of just like you know she's not like a knockout. She's 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 I don't know. <laughs> she um, she's attractive. She feels more like somebody that we would like know. She's like know? Midwest. Huh? Like we <laughs> like. Yeah, like that's a good way of saying it. Like honestly, like <laughs> I don't think that's that 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 that's that offen- offensive. She's like a she's like a Chicago eight, hot. you know, like or a yeah. Chicago nine or something like that. Right. Um. But like typically, you know, I don't know. Like I don't see. You know, we've been in the city plenty of times. I've never really seen like supermodel level, like beautiful, like um, Hollywood actress level beautiful. You know, in Chicago. In Chicago. But Katie Featherston seems like somebody who I'd be like I could I could see seeing her in a play, or 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 working with her in a in an independent right, right. thing, you know. She seems so like you know, I don't yeah. know. Am I attracted to her? I I don't know. She's she's I'll give she her. She literally a, has seven, a eight, next seven, eight. seven or eight. 
literally a girl next door quality in that sense, like uh, next door doing doing a play in the same yeah. uh, theater, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought she was fine in this. I think Neve is like, I think either he's he's playing it perfectly douchey, so that we we're supposed to hate him. Or we just hate him because he's just naturally making us dis- – either way, we're not liking this um, Mika guy very well, much. Well, I mean, at one point, he really <laughs> does he, – he literally does call out to the demon, like, it's like, what you got? Like, yeah, yeah. Think, and that's just like, well, that's what the guy told you not to do. So now it's going to get worse, right? Like, this is where it's going to start getting worse? Oh, yeah. What do you know? It starts to get worse and more frequent. Yeah. Um shit like uh like a, a random like they hear a noise from like the attic or the uh the entry to the attic is like opened and like that's right he looks up there he's like wait i just i have to go back and see what that is like if this shit is happening to you i i'm i am not be like i'm not going to explore the fucking dusty area <laughs> of the attic that part like that all these parts i thought about the potential more upon first viewing of what these sequences could be than what they amounted to and yeah. my i liked i liked what i came up with in my head much better than what we got in this movie that's i guess the the curse and the gift of of also making films and stuff is just you're always discerning and you're always like how could how would i improve this like like shit like that you know yeah but uh i couldn't help but think that with this especially with the attic scene because something just as as mysterious and just as scary and tense as uh what's in the corner of my attic late at night what's the source of this noise uh mm-hmm. is, is is terrifying but he does find a picture of katie up there in the attic and it's burnt and it's uh apparently from her house fire yeah from when she was a little girl and that's just like a little more exposition they're sandwiching in that backstory about katie and how she is uh special quote-unquote and that the demon has uh, marked her and if you look at the lore it's more fleshed out in that it's more about the males of the family than the females the firstborn males of the family uh mm. is really what they, they want apparently so what's interesting in the marked ones and i am spoiling the franchise for people i'm sorry but you've had time is uh he actually travels through time <laughs> uh, at the end i'm serious man and, like, oh, all the way up until the very end right he goes he he's in a house and he walks through a door of the house and his camera glitches and suddenly he is in mika and katie's house from the very first film like four movies earlier and it's when i know we're skipping forward but it's when she at the very end when she goes downstairs and screams like bloody murder mika and he runs downstairs to tend to her mm-hmm. we get to see what happened down there which oh, so is the whole series is a time loop then which is uh mika gets stabbed a bunch of times by uh by katie and then also uh our guy who's who gets set up in the marked ones attacks one of our characters in the marked ones mm-hmm. so like they they share like a universe and a timeline in a way at the end of that movie. It's weird, Jer. I know that, it's that stupid. That is fucked up and odd. But that's what they wanted to do. And uh, they're just going to keep making is that the Is that the last thing that the Fast and the Furious franchise has to do? <laughs> like create the DeLorean and like. I think so. Through time. Go back to the first movie and relive it all over again with like a. I, me willing i willingly want to do this i want to go visit paul walker circa 2000 and just get back to it you know stuff like that okay <laughs> it's hard to do a vid on a projective in diesel and sometimes sometimes i can do a pretty good vid but that was wasn't a very good vid no if so. i get too close to this microphone it sounds like shit not that this microphone is great in the first place <clears throat> uh Drive car 25 miles to the minute. Nas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, shit. So I got to the end there. I know I skipped forward. There, there is. Let's get to the baby powder stuff. That's kind of freaky. There's footprints in the baby powder that, uh, that Mika kind of tosses on the ground at the threshold of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we know for sure that something some entity someone something is is literally walking in the room who knows if it's katie in her sleep but no because he has the footage right so 
uh, more paranormal activity. So a little bit more paranormal activity. Um, yeah. He gets a Ouija board despite this. This is the douchiest dick move when she's just like he promised her he would not buy a Ouija board. He's like, I promised I wouldn't buy a Ouija board. I borrowed this Ouija board. Oh, it's like God. fuck you, what you, a l- you fucking douchebag loophole. Um, but anyway, he has a Ouija board there, and like this is one of the this again this was the scene that really made me roll my eyes with bad improvised dialogue because like the camera is on like the coffee table of the living room and neve is sitting there we keep calling (laughs) uh mika's sitting there with the ouija board and he's just like let's let's talk to it and she gets super pissed off but before she even sees him sitting there she's like coming down the stairs or whatever she's just like Yep, can't wait to go out to dinner with my boyfriend. <laughs> like she's literally, it, it's the the most like you don't even need to explain why you two are going out, but it was just like almost like she felt the need to say something about why they were exiting the house. I know the the worst. I was like, that is a terrible choice, either from her or the director or perhaps both. I would like to think she got better with each movie she's in with when it comes to stuff like that. But yeah, that's like probably one of the most egregious lines. Do you know if they're all, I can't imagine they're all improvised. I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Once you get to the the point where like they, they, the movie's about the children, like the, the, them when they were kids, that I I can't imagine that kids are doing (laughs) improvised dialogue for these types of scenes. That and I think once you when you have more at stake, I think millions like getting produced by actual studios that are picking this up. I think, yeah, yeah you have too much to lose. So it has to be screwed more on rails, which is not the spirit of this franchise. So if they are doing that or did. Well, you you tisk, I mean, tisk. you saw two or was two or three. What were those? How, do, like, do you remember three, three? Well, you know, it's it's mostly the girls and you can't I don't. Perhaps these girls were great improvisers. I don't want to discredit them, but I think it, it felt more on rails because there was more visual effects. And sure, uh, yeah. there there is the reliability of, of having these two girls be creepy and like mean it. So I think you have to train them or sure. <laughs> you have to cast them and, and, you know, work with them and rehearse. So, yeah, I think there to, to answer your question, I think every subsequent movie was more on rails and probably progressively more so with each one. <laughs> but when you're doing time travel. Oh, yeah. By the fifth one. Time yeah. loops altogether. Fuck. I would say go back to what made these things what they were. I'm, ta- I'm looking at you, Blair Witch, which that Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett. I love you guys. But that 2016 one, very much on rails. And yeah, just just kind of wing it with a shitty lo-fi kind of no budget setup, just like the original guys did, you know, it's it's easy. I mean, we're due for another uh, improvised dialogue horror. I think so. I think so. Who knows what form that'll take. Um, That'll be interesting, though. I'm I'm excited. So whatever that'll be. But uh what happens next? The Ouija board. So yeah, that's a bad move on on Mika's <laughs> part. It it makes the spirit angry. The little planchette moves on its own before a small fire erupts and extinguishes yeah. on the board. And I'm thinking, oh, this will be cool if like the whole fucking house burns down now. Like, what are you? How are you gonna explain that? You gonna get another camera? Mm-hmm. Like, well, our uh, house burnt down. <laughs> I well, I just I just can't believe this. Anyway, that's what you know. That's it, that's it. That's the extent of his. Uh, it's just I just can't fucking believe this. This is uh, it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And then Katie says, "House burnt down. Going with my boyfriend to find a new house." <laughs> 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 the next scene. Um. <laughs> uh, so there's a the Katie she gets a, ends up with a a bite mark on her back because she gets forcibly dragged out of her bed. This is one of the the big scenes leading up to the end. I think this is the yeah. Before that, she feels yeah. just the breathing mm-hmm. like heavily. Like she wakes up terrified because she feels the demon breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a couple nights where they're like she can't fall back asleep or something like that. Um, 
I don't remember if she gets pulled out of the bed for, I think at one no, before she gets pulled out of the bed, there's like uh, a thing where she, she stands up again, but then she like walks out of the house and like ends up sitting outside in a swing for hours. She's like, like catatonic almost. And then like, this is the, this is another one where I'm just like, that's so fucking stupid. Cause like, uh, Mika goes Mika. back in the house to get a like he's like okay fine I'll sit out here with you and I'll just go inside and get some blankets he goes inside and gets some blankets and then there's like he hears some shit and then he runs upstairs and he's like there's nothing there and mm-hmm. like he turns around and Katie is like back in the house yeah and she's like standing there she's like what are you doing it's like, creepy but like why is it creepy it's just it it's, is creepy it's not that it's creepy it's just like the way that they're playing this moment is like she has snapped out of her catatonic state yeah. doesn't remember anything and she's just like what are you doing just come back to bed but you're standing there in the doorway you'd have to like get in the bed before you can have that reaction of like what are you doing why are you up like you yeah. can't put her in this fully upright position when she was laying in bed like and be like, uh, what? What are you talking about? Just come back to bed. Like, you're both standing up. What the fuck is are this you talking um, about? This is before or after she gets dragged out. This is she willingly walks out and out of the house. You're talking about this. She's like hypnotizer. It's just like the same yeah. kind of trance or like possession that she has when she stands up for like an hour or so. I don't Benefit remember the, the doubt, exact I, sequence, but I guess is that this is the the all part of the song and dance of possession and like memory. There's memory lapses when it comes to when the demon uh, gets really involved with you, i.e. The, the next scene I keep getting at is the dragging out of bed, right. which I think is when the demon actually, however you want to put it, possesses her, right? Is this, would you say this is the official... Or is it always there? I, think I feel like this, it's the just the franchise a, would suggest it's kind of been there, but I feel like the presence of the demon is always there, and it's not until that very last moment. Like honestly, mm-hmm. one interpretation could just be she's screaming because she, that's the like she's literally being possessed in that moment, and it's yeah. just something that like her body and mind can't physically take, so she's just like bellowing out this loudest scream possible and it's after she stops screaming that she is like then the demon yeah but you know like i don't know she smiles at the camera after he goes and you know she gets dragged out he says he insists they stay in the house she gives like this knowing smile that it feels almost like a turning point in the narrative well that's the very last shot well no it happened doesn't happen before also there's like this kind of before she murders him. I don't remember another time where she like smiles at the camera or smiles at what's happening. I don't. I mean, maybe it does. I don't oh, recall. It's, it's when she. It's when she sings a different tune and she starts to insist that they like. I think we'll be fine here. She's laying in bed. Remember, and she says, "I think uh, we should stay." Yeah. She, she doesn't. She give like a knowing smile in that scene. Yeah, because whatever. Like, there's another big thing. Like, the door slams shut, and it like freaks mm-hmm. them both out. And like, they hear loud pounding, so they're like, they're scared. She doesn't want to stay there, and she's all like insistent that they leave. And mm-hmm. then like the next thing you know, she's like laying in bed. She's like, I don't want to leave now. I think we should stay here. Yeah. I I I don't know. Like I I don't remember there being a smile in that. It's just kind That's of like, what it, Lisa she's just says got this here. creepy, almost slightly happy face on. Where it's almost just like she feels peace in the moment. Yeah. Either but, way, she's 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 with the demon at this point. She's she's working with, uh, as opposed to against. It seems for the the up to this point, you know. That's a good uh, point. I yeah, I didn't really like think about it that much. It was just like. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it is a progression, and I think by this point she has, like it or not, surrendered her mind body to fully to this uh this demon but any like somebody listening right now who's well, more well versed in paranormal activity is going uh you guys you're you're close but you, no cigar it's more well like, hey you know what if you are out there listening then write yeah. to us 90 under 90 at gmail.com for christ's sakes we always recommend it <laughs> um and you know let's have a discussion but um like I guess we don't we didn't do our due diligence because it, it really is a testament to how invested we are personally in these movies, uh, the amount of research we put in. Like for me anyway, 
and uh, or just how much time we have in our personal life. But really, like this one, I I still I don't hate this movie, but I really str- I have some respect for it. I strongly dislike it, though. Ultimately, yeah, it's so. just it's a little flawed because of again, my I think the biggest crime is just like not having convincing enough actors, you know, I, sure. I and whether that's a, a fault of just them and their talent, or if it's a fault of, uh, not being given enough story or just their chemistry together, it could be simply like that. It, again, it doesn't feel like they're a real couple. They feel like a fake, just movie couple. That's why I think I have a solution for that. And it also probably would have helped. Maybe some of my issues with it is that I think you, they should have played with this, um, played on this note so to speak a little bit more is when she is calm and she says let's stay in the house i w- i think i would have liked to see a good 20 minutes of that movie where now neve mika is on his own so to speak and he's the only one now convinced like okay something is fucked up in this house my girlfriend is now with the demon i have to do something that would just build tension more and more and it would be you know I, that's actually alone. Uh, yeah, i mean i don't know if you need a full t- 20 minutes but like a a ten. good like seven to ten minute sequence of of that turning Her. point. Hell yeah, yeah. that's a, that's actually and it wouldn't make like it's only eighty five minutes, so like it but, you could get to like an hour and forty five and be fine. Here's my also I think it's also kind of a solution to your lack of chemistry thing. If she turns that way earlier, she doesn't need chemistry with him. It's true. And so like it kind of it, it solves you solved that. it. <laughs> you fixed the movie. Uh. And I just like more specifically the execution of some of those sequences too. Like, um, it's weird. Like paranormal, the sequels are almost like alternate universe versions of the first movie in that they have the same kind of trope setups. Like, um, you can expect like a stationary camera in a wide and something to happen with the surroundings suddenly. Right. In this movie, it's a door in this movie. It's just like boring shit frankly. In the other ones, they, they up the ante more and they're more respectable. Uh, in another one, it, it might be overkill, but uh, the entity drops a knife onto a cutting board vertically into the foreground of the wide shot. Like stuff like they up the ante more, and I respect sure. that more. Well, I mean, if you're dealing with a demon or something like that, like to mm-hmm. me, and I guess it would make more sense if this was like a ghost thing. But when he go- when he opens the attic and he's looking inside there. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you look super carefully, there is something there. But, like, the fact that there isn't something, like, just subtly there for a moment, even if he doesn't see it. I know. You know, just, like, a face for just a brief moment. Tell me about it. That would have done so much more to add to the creepy factor. In the theater, that's, that's that's all I really wanted in scenes like that. I was looking everywhere in the frames. Like, just show me some, like, red eyes peeking in the back, and that would be enough for me. And I'll tell you a movie that does do that really well, and it, I, I'm not as gaga about it as everybody else, but Hereditary. There's a, there's a couple scenes where if you look closely, somebody's standing in the fucking background smiling, like, it, it it is freaky, man. It is ooh, creepy. <laughs> uh, good shit. Like I I didn't quite love Hereditary, but there is some aspects of it that are really fucking scary. I'm just so um, not a horror guy, or like I don't know. They're thrilling, you know. But I, you, I, you get your thrills in other ways. Yeah, it's just I mean it's just such a world that I'm just not. Like you say, Hereditary. I'm just like, I don't. Is that a big movie? I don't even know oh, what yeah. that is. Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne. That's Ari Aster's. Do you know who that is? He did Bo is Afraid. Just came out. I I've seen things about that, but not Midsummer. like Midsummer. I don't know anything. Yeah, Midsummer. Become, what is Midsummer? I don't know what the fuck. Oh, dude. You uh go oh even better go in blind and watch the director's cut of Midsummer one afternoon. I know you don't have time, but who that's that's an experience uh what yeah. genre horror some psychological horror okay maybe uh involving not to spoil it, uh, perhaps uh no, that's all i'll say go in you go in fresh you go in fresh baby <laughs> <laughs> but For which uh, one what are we talking about which movie oh mid midsummer. midsummer um i love midsummer most people do um this one paranormal <laughs> 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 uh 
So, yeah, like, well, I guess, like, there's not much. She gets dragged out. She complies. She wants to stay. She, to me, surrenders to this this demon, to Toby. Maybe maybe there's two demons. I can't. I think how it goes is there's Toby and then there's sort of the possessed. Hmm. I think or maybe Toby just creates an army of Tobys. I'm not quite sure. But um, uh, essentially, I'd like to think maybe Toby dragged Katie out of bed made her possessed her made her more toby like <laughs> and then in the end we well this is the big ending that everybody was talking about all audiences the one that cost two hundred thousand fucking dollars to to shoot uh, uh basically she leaves the room right yep. in the middle of the night she stands above knee for a couple hours goes downstairs screams bloody murder blood curdling his name mika like really just shrieks it he gets up tends to her now remember we're just seeing it from the stationary camera upstairs he runs down to tend to her we don't find out till four sequels later what happens down there <laughs> uh some time travel shit <clears throat> and then she uh what happens he, she hurls she, his body yeah like there's a a beat mm-hmm. and like you kind of i think you hear like the footsteps mm-hmm. maybe and yeah. then yeah just boom his body goes flying towards the camera yeah. In what would have been the only 3D effect if this movie was released in 3D. <laughs> right. Oh, God, what a waste. Um, And then she walks into the room. She's got, like, her blood all over her shirt. Um, His body is on the floor. She kind of, like, crawls next to it and almost, like, sniffs it or something like that. She just, yeah. like, kind of, like, gets really close to it, all creepy, animal-like, looks at the camera, and then her face does one of those bad, like, demon morph things where it like and then she lunges at the camera and that's it apparently apparently did not destroy the camera Mm -hmm. and left it and then uh somehow paramount was able to make a movie out of it do you want to know the another version of the ending i read the other okay so we can we we could talk about them though all right. After Katie and Mika's screams are cut short downstairs, there are loud thudding footsteps that come up the stairs. We see Katie come into the bedroom with a big blood stain on her shirt. She sits on the floor at the side of the bed and begins rocking. The time fast forwards and the phone rings. Katie continues rocking as her friend leaves a message and eventually leave, visits the house. Half an hour after we hear the friend run out of the house screaming, we hear a loud knocking on the front door. The police arrive and as they're searching the house, we see a light come on down the hall in the closet or guest bedroom. They come upstairs to find Katie and she finally wakes up and stands up holding out a knife shots are fired and katie falls and the police search for the shooter finding no one they search the bedroom and find that the camera's still recording an ending title card says dedicated to mika and katie (laughs) oh my gosh that's a dumb detail that is yeah yeah i think they they the ending that they ended up with is the winner and it's just like a, a slight thrill in this mostly thrillless movie that could have had many. And that's well, the problem. I believe the original ending was The Throat, right? If, if I'm that? not mistaken, if, if I remember correctly, that the original ending of it is that she comes into the room by herself, uh-huh. um, like stands at the front of the camera. And I don't remember if she smiles at the camera or whatever, but she basically then slits her own throat. Uh, okay. And falls down. No, uh, okay. And I think Paramount was like no that's too intense <laughs> pretty gnarly um and then neve sees it and he just kind of is like oh no oh god this is terrible uh, news this is, uh, uh <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> great improv neve. <laughs> i don't even know i don't even know <laughs> there's a reason there's there's a I'm sorry guy who played Mika I'm sh- maybe you're a nice guy his name is life. Mika I mean it's oh um, yeah I, okay I'm sorry Mika in real life maybe you're a nice guy but there's I think there's a reason they didn't bring you back except to do that your murder in the uh, except the to one. kill you yeah um that's pretty harsh though so fuck me for saying that you know I mean I don't think that either of them are great you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. maybe she grows into the role or like they they work. I don't know. Maybe it just works later. But here's the there's a lot that thing don't, I'm going to say, Jer, this. this whole podcast. Are you ready for the creepiest thing I'm going to say? Sure. Katie Featherston gets graded on a curve because she has the curves. 
There you go. Okay. Mika, I don't know what he has going for him. I don't think a lot of ladies go for the Neve Shulman uh, look. <laughs> Maybe a lot of some. Well, what is a douche know. who's manipulating words to uh, get a Ouija board against oh, yeah. your your girlfriend's comfort and wishes? So hot. That's that's sexy. Hey. So, uh, oh, let's just do. Sons, no. Like he basically says, like what. He grunts at one point, and it's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I, uh, oh, you got. There aren't a lot of quotes in this movie. It's not a very quotable uh, movie. But you, uh, you know, it's only like moments that you can parody and shit like Scary Movie Five. Mm-hmm. Ugly, uh, equally as shitty looking. DreamWorks' plan was to remake the film with a bigger budget and with Pelly directing and only to include the original version as an extra when the DVD was eventually released. They didn't know what to do with the original, said Jason Blum. They just wanted to be in business with him. They agreed, but stipulated a test screening of the original film before going ahead, believing it would be well-received by a theatrical audience. <coughs> and uh, Yeah, that's a dumb idea to cast bigger names i mean maybe better unknown actors that would be a good idea but Mm -hmm. to cast any name in this movie is like well you just ruined the authenticity of the movie here's why they didn't uh the screening people began walking out and they thought the movie was bombing until they learned that the viewers were leaving because they were so frightened they realized we can't make a remake it would be unwise according to wikipedia so i think that's that's pretty cool respect to the movie for for having that effect any movie that Without going to the the level of shock, is that can have that effect on an audience gets my respect. Right. Yeah. Good for you. How many, <laughs> how many movies, Jerry, in your lifetime do you remember, like, uh, in your peripheral going to the theater, or just hearing about like, had people having those kind of experiences, you know, like fainting or leaving or. We don't get too many of those in this lifetime. No, I mean, I always heard it about movies from the past, you know, like, oh, people were throwing up in the aisles. It was so disgusting. It's like, yes. really? Like, people couldn't handle it? I don't know. Now I just feel like I'd be shocked to even I, – I would be very surprised if any movie has that effect on a large group of people. You know, like my, one, yeah. one person or something like that in a crowd, like who's just like yes. sensitive to a specific thing. I get. But like That's... when like people in swaths are like, oh, they're they're all vomiting. They're all they're all passing out from intensity. I'm like, I really. Maybe that's what it was, though. It was just like one person in like across like 20 cities, like one person here in Dallas, one guy in the theater in Denver. And then like people just the legend kind of grew. But I can say. This is how it works, though. This is how the legends do grow. And I remember I probably said this on the show. Kill Bill Volume One. I was too young to see it, but somehow I was able to sneak in. Um, and they had to clean the theater because someone had vomited in the theater. And I was like, "This is going to be great, you know. This is going to be an, ex- uh, you know, it's movies yeah. like that where the reputation precedes it, like before well, you go in. The thing is, like, when it's like, oh, people were throwing up in the theater." Like, it could have been one asshole who had, like, a hot dog too many, and then that caused a chain reaction where people were all smelling it and then throwing up and it had nothing to do with the movie. History's mostly written by guys with these, my kinds of stories, not the ones guys like you. It's probably just a guy who ate a hot We go, no, people were throwing up in the theater, and then people go, ooh, that's good, that's sensationalized. I mean, I like it, I love it. Like, I, I, I can't even think of the last time a movie really frightened me. You it's know? powerful when they do like um, I'm hearing things about like movies on like a, an esoteric level are trying to uh, frighten people in more abstract ways like uh, skin and marink. I don't know if you heard of that. There I've heard of it. I don't know. Anything you have about it. I don't, a, I don't know a, anything about it. I just I've heard the title. It's it's a very polarizing horror movie where it's more just about atmosphere and, and lo fi atmosphere in the movie and and sound playing with sound to get to really elicit some kind of response from the viewers and then occasionally some kind of supernatural or scary imagery will pop up but it's very like ex- like art house experimental that seems to be catching on in mm-hmm. horror like i think midsummer and Ari Aster kind of kicked open that door a little bit and maybe jordan peele to a certain degree but anyway uh mm-hmm. this one 
did kick open doors, but not doors in my uh, wheelhouse, you know? I hear you. So. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the found footage franchise, not franchise, mm-hmm. uh, uh, genre. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's rare when it's done super well. Um, and anytime it can surprise you or make you go, Oh, that was, that made sense. Yeah. As opposed to like fucking Chronicle where you're like, why is there still a camera? I tried with mine. I, you know, and you could, you can't, ours are mockumentaries. They're not found footage. I I don't think I'll ever make another found footage movie ever again. I think they're kind of played out, but it was fun to do and go see villain. You can watch that in its entirety on YouTube. That's a horror found footage movie that me and Matt wife and a couple of our chairs in it has a, a brief appearance. And uh, it's an I have one of those intention. scenes that makes you go, oh, yeah, this is this is juicy. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm getting at is the, is the argument I get to have with her after your exchange with her uh, also was was really uh, heated and juicy. So you get to see me do some acting like I get to be the Neve guy because I'm a total douchebag and villain. So I, I'm a total just D bag friend. Here's the here's the secret twist, guys. He's yeah. not the villain. Well, hey, Jer, way to spoil it. Oh, sorry, no, you, guys, no. you guys don't even need to watch it now. Uh, oh, hey, check it out don't in its that. entirety. Don't say that. Yeah, it's like half found footage, and then it's like another. It kind of goes into narrative filmmaking, but it is there's a diegetic camera. It's I don't know. I'm proud of it. So check it out. Uh, this isn't a commercial for villain. This is the wrap up of Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say about... Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, if there's anything. It certainly does have a legacy, you know, uh, literally I think legacy. I, for, me, Video the, game. <clears throat> for me, the benefit of uh, separation of time makes it enjoyable for me. I, I don't know mm-hmm. that I would have enjoyed it in 2007. I may have been like, well, that's the fucking ending. And even now, I'm kind of like, that's the ending? Like, I like the idea of the slit throat thing. Like, that's creepier and, like... I mean, it's more graphic, but it's like it, it makes me more disturbed. Mm-hmm. Nothing disturbs me anymore unless kids are getting hurt or like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah really bothers me. Or uh, Sandra Bullock is uh, uh, thrown out of orbit in gravity and is just floating in free space. That freaks me out, too. That yeah, that is uh, freaky on a whole other level. And they, it looks like they have uh, the eighth installment coming out this year actually called the other side the other side <laughs> and then uh during the pandemic we got one it was next of kin on paramount plus that was the the most recent one that you can watch yeah. uh if you want <laughs> they just they just keep going huh yeah you know gotta yeah. milk it gotta gotta milk all of them god that's the fucking that's the key to life is just make one good horror movie that they that they that you can then just have your name attached to as an executive producer for the rest Mm -hmm. of the nine movie franchise before they reboot it and you still get more money off of other people's bad sequels that's the dream jer that's the dream (laughs) that's what we all need man it's the dream excuse me getting raspy at the end here well that is uh that is going to be it for us this week uh paranormal activity uh do i feel like teasing anything i don't know oh next week we're having a guest that's all i'll say yeah we have a, 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 a we'll have another guest on our show we haven't don't don't get to do it too often anymore Woo! uh but until next week with our guest i'm jeremy eden i'm dan eden that's a wrap What do you mean you're out of chocolate? How can that be?